Hello and welcome to another episode of the Crisperian Show. Sake, this wonderful beverage, originally is from Japan. Now, just to be precise with the terminology, we in the Western world like to call reference sake as being the traditional Japanese terminology. However, I, I learned in Japan that this is a little bit ambiguous in terms of usage because the people in Japan like to call their traditional national beverage Nihonshu. And sake, which we know as this basically, is more referring to all the alcoholic beverages, regardless of rice, regardless of fermentation or distillation in general. But, you know, to, for the sake of simplicity, uh, sake, while it's general term might include various alcoholic beverages, and Nihonshu would be the traditional Japanese rice, well, in quotes, wine. We all know it's not really wine, and this is <laughs> where the ambiguous thing comes in. Wine is made out of grapes. Let's, for the sake of simplicity, call, refer to fermented rice beverage, sake. Now, what is sake? If I have to summarize it up in one sentence, I would say it's a rice-based beverage which has been fermented with a special fermentation yeast plus koji and it has alcoholic content. So it's a rice-based beverage which um, has alcoholic content fermented with yeast and koji. It is, of course, much, much more complex. We all know we will talk about this, go through the various um, ingredients. And when we talk about various ingredients, there are basically four ingredients. One of them is rice, water, koji, and yeast. Now let's look at them uh, in uh, detail. Water, in my opinion, is, is one of the most important things because 80% of water is, is in sake. It plays a huge part in terms of washing the rice, soaking the rice, adding um, water to the mash, and maybe even diluting it back at the end of the filtration as well. So, so uh, and diluting it back after the alcoholic fermentation prior to bottling. So there are many things, right, when it comes to water and the mineral content and the composition of the water is very important. You need 10, ten times more water than you're using actually rice. You can imagine water plays a huge role. Now, there are, water has a different mineral characteristics. There are certain uh, rules and re uh, regulations that, for instance, iron content should be very low, maximum 0.02 ppm parts per million because it can cause some uh, hazy cloudiness and you don't want to have that in sake. So water is one of the ingredients which is important. The other one is rice. And when it comes to uh, sake, you use Asian rice. Within the Asian rice family, you're going for the Japonica rice. And within this, you're going to the non-glutinous rice because the glutinous, the sticky one, is very hard to handle. You, wanna, you don't want to have that. The so-called table rice, which you like to eat, and the sake, sake-specific rice. Now, the sake-specific rice is different in terms of it has usually larger grains. You polish it, the so-called shimpaku, the inside, can be really well exposed, and you're looking for purity. One of the main things in sake production is purity. Good water absorbency because you kind of you know soaking it, steaming. You need to have that. 
it can break down easily uh, through enzymes during the brewing. That's also very important. And it is a relatively low protein content. Now, of course, there are different types of rice, sake-specific rice, like there are different types of uh, grape varieties, Merlot, Riesling, Pinot Noir, and so on. And some are, have also different characteristics, of course, the same like with grapes. Yamada Nishiki, Yamada, one of the very famous rice types, one of the very famous rice types, which just comes out of the, um, close to the Kyoto uh, region. It has a very good uh, core, Shimpaku, it's very ideal to make highly polished rice, so you can make a very good daiginjo, daiginjo style, for instance, uh, ginjo style in general. Late harvested, and it's uh, ideal to make soft and very elegant style of um, sake. And there are other uh, uh, rice sauce like, um, and excuse my Japanese, gohai um, kuman, uh, mihama, nishiki, and uh, for instance, omachi. Omachi tends to have uh, more umami flavors. Those sakes made out of omachi tend to have a little bit more, more umami. It's a bit more difficult to polish. It has a larger grain and the, the core base is a bit more harder. Uh, it is an old variety, but it's more difficult to polish. And if you, very interesting, we talked about water and rice and we will talk in a moment about koji and yeast, which I found personally uh, very fascinating because fermentation is, is just this little miracle, right? I mean, you have rice, which is a very important ingredient for food, but then you turn it into alcohol with the aid of fermentation. And fermentation, going back in, uh, in time, needs that yeast. And here it needs also koji. Sake is a complex beverage, and it's very, very simplified when I said that it's an alcoholic beverage made from rice with fermentation you will have a double fermentation here you have koji on one side and you have the yeast on the other side and you even have lactic bacteria which is assisting this whole process so if you want to compare it if you want to compare sake with other alcoholic beverages like beer or wine for instance which obviously have also fermentation process uh, going on the huge difference in my opinion uh, if i have to highlight something in sake the glutamic acid is much, much higher because of the rice and the polishing rate. The so-called umami sensory flavors, sensory, sorry, taste actually to be precise. The taste, the fifth taste element, you have lower acidity, you have um, the sort of the freshness, the sourness is obviously lower. You, you don't really have tartaric acid here. You have some malic acid, you have some succinic acid. But there's no tartaric acid in sake, really. And the sort of the freshness feeling, it's, it's, it's very different compared to wine. It comes from umami, actually. Umami is there. You don't really have bitterness, necessarily. While I appreciate that, you know, higher alcohol could cause some bitterness in terms of effect. And you can obviously have sweetness. There are lots of sweet sakes as well. The sake meter value, no real legislation covering in the terms of sweetness, usually we say that uh, the minus, if it's, if it's if the SMV, so-called sake meter value, Nihon Shudu, is, uh, is lower, so it's in minus, minus whatever, minus two, three, four, five, six, seven, is usually, if you see a minus number, it's sweeter, and if you see a positive number, it's usually 
drier. Strictly speaking, the SMV, the sake meter value, is a measurement of density of the sake relative to the density of water, which brewers use when they're tracking the fermentation. One thing is a technical measurement, another thing is what you feel in terms of the palate sensation. Now, going to yeast in the koji, which is very fascinating, and uh, let me start with koji. There's this uh, fungus called, and excuse my Latin, Aspergillus orizae. And there's a saying, we'll talk about this Aspergillus in a moment, this little fungi, this mold, which ultimately grows on the rice and uh, makes this beautiful yeah, assistance uh, in, the, in the coolest and driest part of the sake brewery, the koji room. Um, it makes this kind of um, special conversion which will assist fermentation. Very, very important part of it. And there's a saying in Japanese, Ichi koji ni moto san tsukuri, which basically means first koji, second yeast starter, which is the moto, and the third brewing. What is koji? You're taking the steamed rice, you're cooling it down, you're spreading it in the special room, and this mold goes over it, over the, over the steamed rice. And the initial mold grows, controlling, stopping, because the fermentation actually is a, you could say a double fermentation. It has on one side the starch conversion, which says the starch, the enzymes, converting it to sugar. Our enzyme in this case is the koji. So you have starch plus enzymes creating sugar. This is the starch conversion. And the other side, you have the sugar plus yeast, which makes the alcoholic fermentation. Now, roughly 15 to 20% of all the rice goes into kojimai. Well, of course, uh, yeast will be important because you need uh, a yeast as well in terms of fermentation, so special selected yeasts, how sake is produced. You take the rice, you're polishing it, washing it, steeping it, and then the steaming starts. Usually this is done in batches, in one ton, metric tons. Now you have the steamed rice. You're taking out the steamed rice. One part goes as for koji. I told you 15, 20% roughly goes into the koji making. So you have uh, the, the koji with the fungi spores. It goes into koji making. And the other part of the steamed rice you making a kind of a shubu. A shubu is called a seed mash. And with this seed mash, you're adding your koji and your yeast plus your water. And you're filling up the tanks gradually over a few days. You're gradually adding it to that whole thing. And this goes into the moromi, which is the main mash. And this is gradually filled up over a few days, three to four days, you're filling it up. So you have the main ingredients already in one place. You have your steamed rice, you have your koji, you have your yeast and your water. And you're gradually adding it up to the fermentation for the saharification. The sugar is already there in your steamed rice. You need your steamed rice because rice generally doesn't have uh, sugar and the starches will have that and they're bond together in long chains and so-called enzymes can unlock those bonds and break up uh, this into uh, sugar. And this is why you need the starch conversion at the beginning where the enzyme, your koji, comes in place. You have your moromi, your main mash. The fermentation starts. Now, Adding alcohol basically doesn't mean that, you know, your product will have higher alcohol. 
because you will probably water it down at the end anyway. So you're kind of diluting it and you're reducing the alcohol, but the alcohol can unlock some aromas, some flavors within the main mash. But let's go back to the main mash. So alcohol, neutral alcohol, the main mash, you have the fermentation. And after the fermentation is finished, you will have the mash filtration, the pressing. Filtered cake, sedimentation, filtration, and then of course, optional, there are certain styles again, would either pasteurize or you do no pasteurization. And again, there are certain things when you can adjust during the packaging, again, adding water or even sake. Instead of water, you can age it. Oak, cedar oak, for instance, Japanese cedar oak, very popular. And then you have your sake. We'll talk about the main different categories and styles also in the moment. So just summarize it again. You have your steamed rice, your yeast, your water, and your koji. I mentioned earlier that lactic acid is also very important. Sometimes you're adding it, sometimes you let it grow naturally in the so-called Yamahai and Kimoto styles. And this all goes into the yeast starter and the shubu. And then you have your main fermentation. Over a few days, you gradually fill up your wat. In the fourth days, you have a pretty high fill up. Uh, optional, of course, distilled alcohol usually added before filtration, except the so-called jumai. When you say jumai style, there is no alcohol added to it. So that's very important. When you see jumai on the label, there's no alcohol added before the filtration. And then filtration is very important because, uh, again, clean, bright style of sake. Now, one thing which I didn't talk about uh, in depth is the polishing, the polishing rate. And here you see often numbers like 70, 60, 50. Now, when you say 70, Honjozo would be a very good um, style. Honjozo, 70% of polishing rate. 70% of polishing rate. This means that you're actually polishing 30% away. So you have a piece of rice and you're removing 30%. 70% or less remain of the rice itself. The 70% polishing rate is that actually 30% is polished away and 70% remains. So you always think about when it comes to polishing rate that how much remains. With the Ginjo style, you have 60%. <clears throat> that means 40% is polished away and 60% of the original size remains. With the so-called Daiginjo style, 50% half of it is polished away and the other half remains of course so daiginjo 50 percent ginjo 60 percent honjozo 70 percent and fujushu which is so-called table sake it doesn't have to be bad okay that's very important uh that's uh, there's no minimum milling requirement required when you see the word jumai it means that there's no distilled alcohol added now, when it comes to the addition of alcohol, the so-called jozo, this is the alcohol, this is usually uh, alcoholic liquid um, made usually of agricultural origin. This is mainly rice, actually. And this can come from, obviously, somewhere else, uh, from Japan. And it has a high, uh, clean, very clean spirit from raw material of agricultural origin. The timing of addition of the jozo, of the alcohol, it is usually prior to the 
filtration. So after fermentation finished in the fermentation tanks, prior to filtration, it's it's added. You, you can't really add it before because you know otherwise you're gonna kill the yeast. You have undesirable products afterwards, so you don't wanna you don't wanna knock off the yeast, of course, with killing uh, alcohol. Five to ten percent and uh, generic uh, premium category. So the non jumai is very important, of course. The non jumai are ginjo style. You know, five to ten percent alcohol is added in a, in a, in a generic uh, table sake, the so-called fujushu. You know, 40, 50 percent uh, can be added. The reason why you would add 50 percent, of course, you're increasing volume. That's very, very important in the, in the simpler styles in the fujushu uh, style. But in the ginjong style, alcohol gives you lighter and drier style. It's not just increasing the volume, but it has it has also technical reasons. It lightens the flavors up. It makes the sake a little bit more uh, drinkable, some people say. And of course, if you have higher alcohol, which you might dilute back again, so it doesn't have to be end of the day higher alcohol, those sakes, in my opinion, like Honjozo, is also ideal to drink it warm, 35, 40 Celsius degree. This would be a sake which would, uh, maybe I would drink uh, a little bit warmer as well. So this would be a, while the ginjo, and of course the koshon nigori, and as well the sparkling, I would drink always at lower temperature. Sparkling, of course, much lower. Now we talked about the polishing rate, daiginjo, 50%, 60% ginjo, 70% honjozo. We talked about the adding of alcohol in the ginjo, honjozo, and daiginjo styles. And we talked about not adding alcohol, the jumai. The jumai style, there's no alcohol added. So the production techniques, again, there are some optional things you can do along the way. One of them is mash filtration, pasteurization, dilution, and maturation, of course. Maturation would be a classical koshu, an aged sake. Well, there are very little terminologies how long do you have to be aging. Sometimes, you know, it can be a few years. Sometimes even 10, 10 plus years, you can age them. Barrels, cedar, Japanese cedar barrels, for instance. Dilution, you can uh, dilute it uh, with water or you can dilute it with sake. That's very interesting. For instance, the Genshu style, that's diluted with sake instead of water. You could use water, but here in this case, you use sake. And then again, pasteurization, very important because there are some sakes which are unpasteurized. Now, pasteurization is important to get it more stable. Necessarily have to put it in the fridge. And the namazake is a classic example, namazake for unpasteurized sake. Mesh filtration is very important. Some sakes uh, are filtered and some are left cloudy. When it comes filtration, basically separating the liquid from the solids in the sake mesh itself. And in the sake mesh, you have liquid like rice solids and of course also yeast, so here the mash is placed into bags and then the liquid is pressed out. There are various methods to do this, to extract the liquid. Another thing is pasteurization. There's a four-step pasteurization and a one-step pasteurization. In both cases, actually, you're heating up the sake to roughly 65 or 80 Celsius degree and maintaining this for a brief period. Um, and then 
you're cooling it rapidly down to 5 to 8 Celsius degree. And if it's four-step pasteurization, you do it four times, basically. And the one-step pasteurization, you do it only once. You're heating it up to, let's say, 80 Celsius degree. Keep it there for 8 to 10, 12 minutes. And then you're cooling it down rapidly to 5, um, five Celsius degree. And here you stabilize the, the sake by killing any remaining microorganism or yeast. So this actually helps to give sake a longer shelf life and prevent it from uh, having um, unwanted flavors, which, which, which can happen, unfortunately, also in sake. There are faults as well. Uh, namahin uh, would be something like that. Nama means without pasteurization. So these are the four different things when it comes to optional techniques or techniques within mesh filtration, pasteurization, maturation, and dilution. What can influence the style? Rice, of course, the rice types, uh, like Miyama, Akita, and uh, very famous Yamada. The polishing ratio, that's the other thing which can influence. When talked about the different styles, you know, Daiginjo, 50%, Honjozo, 70% of polishing rates. The water quality, the koji making techniques, the Shubu seed mash with the yeast varieties and the Shubu style, of course. Use what kind of lactic bacteria using the mash temperature controls and the so-called moromi. You know, you have lower temperature fermentation. It gives you more the ginjo style, more fruitier, yeah, fruitier style, maybe also lower alcohol. Adding alcohol, jozo, or not adding alcohol, the jumai style. So that's very important as well. Then the mash filtration, filtration, pasteurization, aging, which we just talked about earlier about the production techniques, all those are influencing the style of the creation of sake. This concludes our sake journey. And of course, there's much more and more interesting things in the world of sake, which we definitely will continue. Bye.